0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado.
1: To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, we've been walking through a series called Heroic Moments in History, and we've been defining heroism not in the normal physical sense or not in the normal manhood sense. We've been talking about this idea that that we're walking with God glasses, if maybe I can say it that way, that regardless of what is happening in the physical, whatever is happening around us in the natural realm, we're actually looking beyond that, seeing God's perspective on the situation and walking in faith and trust according to his design, his reality, his perspective on the situation. And of course, we keep using Elisha and the Syrian army as a good illustration of that. Could you talk about this idea of just as we're talking about heroic moments in history mm-hmm. what does that mean for our particular person like could you could you just give like a big overview of who yeah. we're talking about today well,
0: highlighting this idea yeah maybe we should catch everyone up with the first week we dealt with CT Stud and that was that was a fun one the second one was Jim Elliot but also we sort of leaned on the Elizabeth Elliot side of the the storyline of her returning to the Aka Indians just profound moments uh, in the past uh, 150 200 years and uh, today we're going to be dealing with Gladys Aylward, the little, she's typically known as the little woman, a uh, teeny little thing that was about as tough as nails. I mean, she was one tough cookie, but not in the sense of, you know, just that she had calluses on her hands. It's that she was spiritually strong. And she, it doesn't matter her, her physical size, she knew the size of her God. I think of David against Goliath. And it's sort of like that. You know we, Everyone knows that story, so it seems like it's massively overused. But one of the things out of that story that matches our definition of heroism is David could stare at the giant, and he could see the size of the giant and measure himself against it, and he might as well give up now, which is sort of what Saul is saying. It's like, uh, <laughs> you, you don't even have a chance here. However, David is going to see something greater than the giant. I always picture him seeing God standing above Goliath, you know, with his fist above his head saying, David, just tell me when. Uh, He's a goner. And if you see that, you would respond like David. You would sprint. He's going to sprint towards Goliath. And that's the way Gladys Aylward seemed to live her life. All of us look at the outside, and we don't see the spiritual realm. If we just see Gladys Aylward and her Goliaths, we're thinking, "Uh, Gladys, you may want to turn around. This isn't going to turn out well. And she is going to show such audacity, and I think that's our key term we wanted to use today, is audacious faith as an attribute of heroism, Christian heroism, is audacious faith, and boy, does she have
1: it in spades. Could you define what audacious means? It's it's one of those words that we love to use, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's a common word uh, that just everyone throws (laughs) out all the time, but like when we say this idea of audacity or Uh audacious faith, what, what are we actually talking about?
0: Yeah. So it's like... David sprinting towards Goliath. What what is that? And we'd say that's audacious. Why? Because it is violating natural law. It is actually taking on something that you have no business taking on. You shouldn't try that. So to do something that is audacious, it is like causes everyone around to go, they shouldn't that that's not right. And it is surprising. It is unexpected. It is wrong according to all metrics of the natural realm. And yet a believer is designed to live with audacity. We do not live according to natural man metrics. Jesus violated everything. (laughs) He comes in and it's like, you're not supposed to do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. You don't calm winds and waves. You don't raise dead people to life. That isn't how it works. These are decisions that put him in position. It's like uh, the disciples are say, send everyone home. And he goes, no, we'll feed them. Well, you don't do that. We, we don't have food to feed them with. We have a few loaves and fishes. <laughs> this is audacity where it's taking on the natural realm and defying it because it
1: sees something greater. In uh, Gladys's life, what I think is interesting is that I don't know if there's one moment that I can point to in her life mm-hmm. that I would say, okay, here is the moment. What, what it seems to be in her life, and this is probably true about all the ones that we're talking about, is that there are all these little decisions of putting your trust and faith in God that lead to bigger and bigger opportunities to believe and trust and put your faith in God. But when you look at Gladys's life as a whole, there are there are a bunch of situations that fall in that audacious category. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be just kind of fun to maybe, for if someone has not read the book mm-hmm. or has watched the movie and all that kind of right. stuff, to maybe even just talk about a few of these moments because these are just, they are audacious. They're mm. it's like what on earth? This is not yeah. normal. They're uh, epic, and she's a little girl,
0: and she's a part of these like epic moments <laughs> in history, where you're just like staring at it, going, "That's that isn't possible." And so I think we
1: picked three three of our favorites because she actually has quite a few. Yeah, but. maybe maybe if I could start even before that, I think it'd be good to even talk about where she's even heading mm-hmm. uh, instead of just jumping into the stories. She was a she was parlor maid. I she think was a parlor maid in England uh-huh. and had this overwhelming passion for the Chinese. And she basically suffered and sacrificed so much just to be able to afford to get on a train and get it over to China. I just I thought I'd at least give that as a yeah. an umbrella. But as she's making her way over there, there's this great situation that we love to reference. you want to talk about the hotel?
0: Yeah, so she gets stuck
1: in... It's
0: like the Siberian region of Russia, and uh, she was a missionary, but somehow on her passport it came out as machinist. Uh, I don't remember all the details in regards to that. So they take her passport and they basically take her captive because it's the middle of a war, and so you know, last thing they want to do is send a machinist, uh, you know, to an enemy. You know, this is terrible, and so she's stuck in a hotel room, sort of under guard, and uh, she doesn't have her passport, so she's in a very dire situation. And the hotel operator realizes he has this, you know, young woman in his hotel, and she has no defense. So he has the master key, opens up her room, and her response to that when she basically tells him to get out, and he says uh, that he's God to her, and she he has total control. She's in his environment, and he's in control of this environment. Which which pause?
1: Yeah. If, if anybody's in that situation, I mean, even as this sounds funny, even as a man, I would be afraid. <laughs> I mean, if some burly Siberian man is trying to bust in my hotel room, I, I would be praying and fasting immediately. I don't know that I described him as burly. Uh, well, but well, it's I, funny I just, how you already have your mental picture. I, I have this mental image of, of a, <laughs> the Siberian hotel owner. But But as a, a vulnerable young woman who's yeah. single by herself, and this guy is trying to get in who speaks a different language than you i yeah. mean the whole thing is just yeah. this whole thing is so intense and awkward yeah. uh, sorry continue the story well so the key crux of the, of the of the story
0: she tells him to stop and he says no i'm i'm coming in and she says if you take one more step forward uh you will encounter my god he has put a barrier between me and you take one more step forward you'll find out <laughs> And the guy I shudders. This. I mean, the, the fear switches. It's it's not her that's fearful. Her fearlessness actually shocked him to the point where he shudders and leaves. And I, I think like you and I, as we interact with that story, are just like, okay, what was that? Because do I have the confidence to remember that my God has put a barrier between me and the enemy, that he is my shield, he is my defender, he is my refuge, he is my strong tower. Is it true or not? She knows it's true, and she lives as if it's true. And even in the darkest moment, she applies the truth to her life, sticks on those glasses, rises up, and defies
1: the enemy. And I just think it's great. I, I so love that story. It is amazing to me, the more Christian biographies I read, that that reality actually starts showing up over and over again. I've been reading a lot of Christian biographies, again, afresh, in, and I'm like, it, it is interesting how that audacious faith in their God, regardless of circumstance, mm-hmm. it's like God seems to delight in allowing circumstances in our lives that give us opportunity to walk in that. And yet that wasn't built on this one experience. Yeah. There, there were probably countless experiences, uh, to use the David illustration, there wasn't just Goliath, right? He even mentions there was a lion and bears Mm -hmm. prior to Goliath. And my guess is, uh, you don't start with lions and bears. Mm -hmm. You know, you start with like possums and rabbits and, you know, squirrels and chipmunks, (laughs) you (laughs) You had to start somewhere. And yet that's how you allow God to train you, you know, and as he's training you, that audacity continues to grow so that you get to these moments and you're like, all right, that's th- right. just watch what my God's going to do. That's right. And, and i love I love just that picture uh, that here is this little woman who lives with great faith. and yet i'm I'm constantly being reminded I actually have those opportunities all the time, mm-hmm. maybe not as intense as this. But I have opportunities like that to put my trust in my God. Am I willing to actually do that? The other story that we were talking about is she had been in China for a while, and she had actually gotten some favor with the Chinese. And there was this prison down the road from where she was at that ended up having a riot. Do you wanna pick up the story? Yeah. And in the middle of this riot of a prison, and I, if I remember correctly, it was a notorious prison. We're talking like some of the worst characters put thrown in this place. I mean, we're talking murderers and just, I mean, crazy, crazy people. And for the local government, it's a pretty desperate
0: situation right. because they were killing the guards. And so if the guards aren't able to stop them, who can stop him? And this, if this band you know, keeps progressing, it, it could get really bad. I mean, how do you bring order to this situation? And the local Mandarin has a solution, which is so humorous <laughs> to think about, that he knows that this little woman, this missionary woman, has faith and confidence in her God, and he's watched her confidence in all these different situations, and so he calls on her. It's sort of, I don't know if it's to test the power of her God or what, but she rises up and is invited to go into this prison amidst a riot and bring order. The guards can't do it. She comes in unarmed, this little teeny woman. That is the worst idea I have ever heard of. If someone presented that idea to me, (laughs) I would not consider it wise. (laughs) She goes into this prison and commands the men to stop and they obey. They return to their cells, and she did this. If you were to say, "How did she do this?" She did this in the authority of Jesus Christ. She knew something that very few of us as believers seem to know, and that is that God actually desires to work through us to bring order in the world in which we live. To accomplish his errands. He wants us to believe that he can and will do things. She just did them. And I I don't, I mean, we just sort of stand there and go, whoa, what was that? It was audacious faith. She actually had the audacity to believe God's word and then to apply it in this situation. I always think it's it's audacious for the Mandarin to ask her. It's audacious (laughs) for her to say yes. And then it's audacious for her to walk in there and
1: do it. Wow. That's so good. The other story we were, just want to quickly mention is when the Japanese were invading, she ended up taking a hundred children and having to go through a mountain pass, travel over a hundred miles, trying to rescue these little kiddos. And what you see along the way is again, just that overwhelming trust and faith in the provision and the protection of her God. Eric, could you take just Gladys's life and, and mm-hmm. even these three stories, how, how, do we, how do we take this and make it practical? Mm-hmm. For how we live how do we walk and live in audacious faith
0: well i think what you said earlier is the answer for us and that is we start on the ant and the possum and the squirrel we start with the small things we're facing now and we learn to practice where it's just like no not one step further and i am not just going to sit by and be passive with this in my life i am going to exert the truth of jesus christ in my life right now and when we stand up against the small things, it could be a thought that's trying to come into our head and we could just be a victim to the thought, oh, I can't, I can't stop it. It's the hotel operator and it can just do whatever it wants in my mind. No. God has put a barrier between me and that thought and he has given me authority to take it hostage to the will of Christ Jesus. So I am going to actually do that. And we don't allow emotion to rule us. We don't allow random thoughts to rule us or ideas that come from the culture to rule us or visual stimulation from the culture to rule us. We are ruled by Jesus Christ. And if we don't start with the possums and the ants crawling up our leg, we are not going to be fit for even the lions and the bears, let alone the hotel operator when he comes breaking into our hotel room and we're all alone in Siberia. These are the the sorts of lives that are built, as you said, in the dark, in the hidden place, they are built on their knees, they are built with clear application of truth in the small things
1: to actually have massive demonstrations of truth in the big things. I know this is actually one of our great passions, is to see that kind of faith, that audacity return to this generation, Mm -hmm. that it seems like the modern church is so lacking what we're calling audacious faith, or what we talked about in the last episode, this dauntless love, Mm -hmm. just this heroic life. That is not self-centered, not self-focused, but willing to be poured out on behalf of the world around us for the sake of the gospel and the reality of Jesus Christ. And one of our passions is for when students come out here and are sitting under our discipleship, that's actually what we're teaching them. We're we're teaching them how do you live and, and believe God in such a way that you put the authority back to the word of God, allow your faith to be placed in Jesus Christ, and for us to live with great audacity with great faith in this generation and i I know that this is your burning a burning of your heart as well but i would love to see the church flip upside down and fresh Mm -hmm. and and see men and women of god begin to walk in the reality of all that christ has purchased walk with this dauntless faith this great audacity this this overwhelming love and see the world turned upside down because the church has been turned upside down even just in closing uh, would you mind even just praying that the church would just be reawakened, that there'd be a, as we often said, a revitalization, a, uh, an activation of the church, that we'd actually gain an insight that we are to live with audacity, uh, an audacious faith Amen. Uh, on behalf of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Father, we ask for that very
0: specifically that you would ignite. This audacity afresh in the church of Jesus Christ and the saints of God, that we would not just see your word, know your word, but believe your word and act upon it, that you would activate this dimension of obedience in our life, that we would begin to greet the small trials of our life with triumph with that audacity knowing our God is greater. May we put on those glasses and just as Elisha saw the Syrian army and he shrugged because he saw something greater at the same time and that was mountains full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Lord, may we see that. May our eyes be clear and unfogged so that we could behold the power and the majesty and the authority of our God. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.